Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Adam Weber, CEO and founder at Pest IQ, to the show. Adam, welcome. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, really looking forward to this conversation. So let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about your background. Man, so my background has been across the board. And it, it, I, I talk to some people about this occasionally, and I'm like, I have owned businesses in clothing. I've owned businesses in the service industry and the pest control world where I, I most recently came from. I've owned a porta potty rental business. I've owned dental practices. And so really across the gamut of what you, what you, can, what you could ask me about, I've probably been there. And granted, I'm not incredibly old, and so there hasn't been a ton of time in each of these, but, but I've really just been one who's looked for opportunity and never been afraid to get my hands dirty. And, and a little bit of side note, I didn't graduate from college. I, I dropped out after two semesters to start my first company, which was a custom clothing company. But I just found that the way that I was going to learn and the way that I was going to grow didn't really mesh with, with the traditional education system, right? I have, no, I have so much respect for, for those people that go through that and can really grasp and learn that. But for me, it just, it just didn't fit. And I could never really, to be honest, I always kind of felt a little dumb, like going through school, the, the, the way that that learning model hit me just made me, made me not feel like I was up to it. So when I realized that I could learn in a different way and that I could jump in and get my hands dirty, that's really when I felt like I finally started to excel and appreciate the skill set that I have and, and just said, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to learn everything I can. And, and someday it's going to maybe pay off, but in the meantime, it's going to pay off in my personal life, right? Like I'm going to feel really fulfilled. I'm going to grow and I'm going to learn everything that I can. That's great. I appreciate you sharing that background. And so it's safe to say you're a serial entrepreneur. So it sounds like right from the start, just owning your own businesses. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I, I think I was 20. 21 when I started the first, first official business, right? There were always like the, the lemonade stands and, and all the other fun things along the way. But, but yeah, that was the first real business. And we raised a little bit of money with that. And yeah, since then, I mean, I'm 34 now, so 13 years later, and it's, uh, yeah. it's definitely had its ups and downs. There's, there's definitely the, the downs that come with that. Yes, definitely. And the entrepreneur knows those, those highs and lows. So yeah, let's talk about your most recent business. Let's talk about Pest IQ. Tell us about the products and services that Pest IQ offers. Yeah, absolutely. So Pest IQ, the best way that we describe it is as a performance analytics dashboard. So, so what we do and the reason that we came about um, being in the pest control industry and owning it and running it uh, as much as many industries go through this, um, there's so many software tools, right? To be able to help accelerate your business and make things more efficient. And me as a, as a data guy and wanting to understand and grow, I used all of them. Right? And so I would sign up and I would use all these cool resources from tracking our fleets to understanding our, 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 our phone systems, right? Understanding call tracking and then Google management and ads and and marketing and sales and technician and completion rates and all these other crazy things, right, that come into play. So we used all these tools and me as a founder and as a, as an owner, I realized that so much of my time and attention was going into collecting the data from these, from these resources. And so I found that my time was just over and over again, hours would be spent collecting it to then have a 20 minute performance conversation with one of my team members. And it was so lopsided for me that I started to think, hey, 
there has to be a better solution to this. And so I went out looking and there are some solutions out there, right? There's business intelligence dashboards that are out in the world. Fortunately for me, unfortunately at the time, but fortunately now, there weren't any that were specific to our vertical, to our space. They were all really big and enterprise and expensive and, and took a fair amount of tech savvy to be able to implement these resources. And so I said, there's got to be something that we can do. And so we started to build and collect this kind of handmade version of what is now Pest IQ and started to use it for ourselves. And, and I found that immediately there was a return on my time. I like to think my time is, is, is fairly valuable. I don't know if everyone agrees with that, but I think it's pretty valuable. And so I've started to see immediately that if I could automate some of this collection process, that it would take time off my plate. So that was ROI one and kind of the realization that, hey, this is something real. But then above and beyond that, why we're not just a business intelligence dashboard, we call it a performance analytics dashboard, is because we display all of this data to individuals within a pest control team. So every salesperson, every technician, every CSR, every owner have their own individual dashboard that show their performance, how they're performing on a day-to-day, real-time, minute-by-minute basis. And so, yes, it took time off of my plate, but it also, we immediately started seeing when these people could see their own data and see their own performance, they just naturally progressed and naturally improved to start performing and doing the things that we hoped they would do originally. So that's when we really caught, caught hold and said, hey, wait, this is cool for us, but there's some real value to the rest of the industry. And that's kind of where it transitioned. And we eventually sold the pest control business so that we could dedicate 100% of our time to what is now Pest IQ and, and building this solution that we really think is, is pretty powerful. I love that because I feel your pain as a SaaS CFO, collecting a lot of data, creating SaaS metrics, takes a lot of time, and then a quick performance review. So tell me, like my world, I deal with HR data, financial data, operational data, you know, say CRM data. What data are you pulling together to make your life easier for this application? Yeah, really good question. So the CRM is a big piece of it. I hate to knock any of them because they're really great and they do really cool things, but they have so much information and it's really top level and, and complicated. It's a little bit bulky to get to that information. So, so I would say, really being honest, probably like 65% of the data that we collect is from the CRM itself. So there's a couple of CRM players in our industry that are top of the line and they're who most people use. So we collect a little bit, uh, quite a bit from them. And the other pieces start to start to kind of divulge, right? And there's a bunch of different players in those spaces. Those are like voice over IP systems, GPS and fleet tracking systems, payroll and HR and time tracking solutions. Then there's Google, my business tracking, right? From reviews. And there's a couple other pieces that come into play, but those are really the core kind of essentials. There's, there's usually in the range of like five to seven core pieces that most most companies will use and they fall into those categories. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Whole different world, you know, so, so fun hearing those different data sources to operate a pest control business. So obviously this was a solve my own pain problem working in the pest control industry. And I guess you saw this, or like you said, collecting data, is such a pain. And what was that triggered to then step out of pest control and start a software company? Yeah. Really great question. And my our investors, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, they'll be really happy that I mentioned this, but, but we're, we're firm believers in the lean startup methodology. I don't know if you've, if you've 
followed that or, or dug deep into like Ashmara and some of those, the, the players in that space. But when we realized this was really valuable to us, our next step wasn't sell the pest control company, go to market, right? With this, we really wanted to validate and prove that this was a real potential business for us. It wasn't just something, and we weren't going to give up the lifeblood of our families to, to jump into something. And so we immediately then said, okay, we built something that kind of works, right? Like it kind of works internally. So let's go see if other people want this and if they would pay for it and if it would add value to them. So we immediately went out and we were fairly well connected in the industry and not as well as we'd like to be. And that's, that's always something that we grow, but we went to friends that owned other companies and we said, Hey, can we, can we prove this with you? We're not going to charge you anything for it, but let us just come in, have access to your data and we'll present this to you on a regular basis. And, and I can say this now, but at the time we presented it a little bit as like a technology solution. It really wasn't. It was essentially consolidating all this data, presenting it in a way that looked like technology and giving it to them once a week and saying, here's the data that you need to be able to oper operate your business. And what's cool here is that we found even with that once a week, update of real actionable data that they can use, we saw their performance start to increase and we saw their efficiency start to get better. And so their cost savings were higher. And so it was like both ends of this spectrum started to go up. And granted, it's not as dramatic as when you can have it real time, minute by minute, but even that little bit started to add a lot of value. And these, and these owners and these operators started coming back and saying, Hey, this is, this is real. This is, this adds value. We will pay for this solution. And so that's, you know, after hours and hours and interviews and questions, we started to come back and say, Hey, you know, this is real. Let's, let's make a run at it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. So what, what year did you found Pest IQ? So officially in 2023, we, okay. We, it's just, okay. Yeah. This, this is a, is a really new concept and and we raised money again, really pre-seed. Pre-seed has a little bit unique of a connotation. A lot of people like to say they're pre-seed, but pre-seed for us really meant pre-launch, right? Pre-revenue, pre-product even. We weren't fully built out. And so, yeah, we, we officially founded the company, I think as of April of this year. But again, the validation stage was probably 10 months prior to that that we spent before we really decided to invest any money in, in growing this. Okay. And is Pest IQ uh, remote or do you have a headquarters? So we do have a headquarters. We're based in Provo, Utah. I, I know this is a bit of a hot button topic, but especially at my stage, at our stage at Pest IQ, I'm a firm believer in being together. There's nothing like the startup culture. It is, it is fun. I'll give you that. I enjoy it, but it is also really, really hard. You know, there's so many things that come up and pivots and what can go wrong will go wrong. And so we're constantly battling that. And to be able to create culture, again, a buzzword that, that, that I know is out there, create that culture while also being able to really solve problems in real time right now, for me, takes us being together. So, so we're located yeah. in Provo, Utah, and we do, we do go to the office and actually work out of an office. Okay. And what, what's your current team size? So there's actually only three of us. So okay. we're all technically co-founders. James Sullivan and I originally started and built the concept. And then we brought in Chris Walker, who's our CTO and co-founder now in you know, correlation with our, our round of funding. Mm -hmm. 
And are you still pre-revenue? Are you generating revenue now? We are pre-revenue. Yeah. So how okay. to pay dollar yet, but it's coming. We're really close. Again, a shout out to our CTO, Chris. He's been phenomenal, an incredible builder, an incredible visionary. And as it would, as it would work out, a firm believer in the lean startup methodology, which matches up really well with us. And so we're, we're building right now, but the, the goal is to launch kind of our beta early adopters here in the next three to four weeks. And then again, another little round of testing, probably two months, and then we'll officially go, go live, go to market within three to four months from now. Okay. And I, I saw, and maybe it was your pre-seed round announcement, there are about 30,000 plus pest control companies out there. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's right. I think it's in the 32 to 34 range right now, obviously a little bit of fluctuation, but yeah. Okay. And so right now, probably reaching out to your network, find those early adopters, those testers. And then where, I guess it may be a little bit early for this question. So vertical SaaS, I mean, where do you see this going? And this could be a really hard question, but right. Do you see, you know, just staying to this niche and just really nailing it with the 30,000 plus pest control companies? Do you have future plans to go into adjacent markets? What, what are you thinking right now? Yeah, really good question. And I, there, there's two sides of this, right? The, the big long-term founder entrepreneur of me wants to say like, right, Tam is this and we're going to get there and we're going to go do all these cool things. And I, I do firmly believe that, but I also firmly believe in, in staying true to who we are for now and growing as the time permits and as our goals permit. And so, so right now, yes, there's 32,000 companies. We'll probably eliminate the top 20 or so of those companies because there's the build versus buy mentality. They're just a little bit bigger than, than we want to deal with right now. We'll also probably eliminate the bottom like 5,000, right? There's, there's also a lot of those mom and pop that are running off of Excel and they're doing great things, but they just don't really fit with us. So with the rest of that market, we realistically think we can get to 10 to 15 million in ARR just from our pest control space. And so there's a really big market that we can attack there. But then you're right. There is a cool piece of this that the service industry in general is really similar in how we operate our businesses. The you know HVAC, the electricians, the plumbers, the landscapers of the world, they all operate almost identical to how pest control does. They have a salesperson, they take an order, they send out an order, the technician goes out and performs that service, comes back, AR, all these other pieces that match up identically, they work the same way. And so, so yes, we're Pest IQ right now and we're really gonna target this market and get there, get to where we wanna get to. But then the, the potential for us to expand into like a service IQ or, or something else to be able to service the rest of this industry is really readily available for us. And you, so you raised a 600,000 pre-seed round. So tell us a little bit about that. Why not bootstrap a little bit, try to get, say, an MVP on the ground. Tell us a little bit about that thinking just to go right for that pre-seed raise. Yeah. And, and it was a, it was a tough conversation for us. We had just sold Fulcrum. And so it wasn't the pest control company. It wasn't a like live forever, like exit kind of money, but we did have some resources where we, where we said, Hey, you know, we could bootstrap this. We could get going and we could build MVP and we could probably get to market. There were two pieces that pushed us over the edge. The first one being we had a natural in introduction to Startup Ignition Ventures, who is the venture capital firm that invested in us. And from the first conversation, we meshed 
perfectly. There was no, this is a side note, but I'm not a huge advocate of the like, you know, playing games. It's almost like you're dating when you're going through this, you know, venture capital world, make you want it, you make me want it. And we, we kind of go back and forth. This conversation was really natural. It's, this is who we are. This is why we have founder market fit. This is why we have product market fit. It's a really cool thing that we're doing. We also were introduced to them not through, hey, we want to raise money. It was just a natural conversation. And so I went into that conversation saying, I don't really know if we want to raise money. But we had that conversation. It was really natural, really organic, and they meshed really well with what we were doing. On top of that, the, the managing partners of this firm are incredibly well-connected, really great guys, know everybody in the space. And, and already started making connections really from the first meeting, not having invested in us yet. They said, hey, we believe in who you are. Let's start, you know, being, being friends essentially. And so let's start doing that. Then the other side of this, as we're starting to have those conversations, we also started to say, hey, there's some big players in this industry, right? There's some big, you know, behemoths of saying, hey, we can do this if we want to. And so we said, we can grow slowly or we can raise escalate that time frame a little bit, get to market and capture a piece of the market fast enough so that we can really start to accelerate our growth and get there. And so those two pieces together founded our decision in saying, hey, let's raise. And then there was another piece of this that you didn't mention, but there's pre-seed, there's seed, there's series A, series B, right? All the way down the road. So our then conversation became, hey, if we're gonna do this, let's maybe raise enough right now in our pre-seed that we can potentially jump that seed. And who knows when the time comes, you know, I, I can't predict the future by any means, but the, the anticipation was let's bring on a venture capital firm that we really believe in, that really adds value. I know everyone wants to say they add value, but a lot of the times it's just writing a check. And so for these guys, it wasn't. John Richards, Tyler Richards are the managing partners of this firm. And they were, they were saying, hey, we're really gonna, going to invest in you, right? We're, we're going to write you this check, but we're also going to add value where you need us to. And they're not abrasive. They're not pushy. They don't jump in, but they really wanted to, to help. And so with that and the round of the, the amount that we raised, we really believe that we can get to profitability, which I know isn't a big deal in SaaS, but for me, it's a big deal. I really wanted to get there. We could get to profitability, get to a million in ARR, hopefully within our first 12 to 18 months, and then be able to say, hey, now let's do a growth round, maybe a series A and, and get to the stages that we want to. Okay. Yeah. I pre really appreciate that insight. That's really interesting. And with that check, when Startup Ignition gave you that check, any actations with that, you know, any milestones or what do they want you to achieve with that initial check? Yeah. Really, really good question. And to be honest, I, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but they, from what I can tell, at least from the outside, they invest in founders and they invest in a team that can carry something. And yes, the product has to be right. And, and yes, the, the solution has to be really marketable. But for us, they said, and, and I, I'm not bragging on myself, it's really the team that we've been able to build. But they said, hey, we trust you. We believe in this vision that you have. So run with it. So there mm -hmm. really weren't a lot of those metrics that they said, hey, we need you to hit this. We need you to hit this. And, and if I'm being totally honest, in a pre-seed, I probably would have pushed back if they had said those things because I have vision and I have drive, but there's so much unknown in what we're doing. 
that we have to be able to, you know, adjust and and work on the fly and be able to say, hey, we have the, you know, the capacity to do what we need to do to get to where we want to get to. And they really trust us with that. Okay. Oh, I love that. So in in for other founders listening right now who may be kind of in that same stage of their business where thinking about that initial check, any lessons learned that you learned in that pre-seed round that you'd like to share with the founder community? So I know uh, there was a, a big summit here last week and in, in, in Salt Lake City is called the Silicon Slope Summit. It was massive. There's so many people I talked to. My voice was gone after three days. I talked to so many founders um, that are in the same stage or pre where I was or a little bit farther beyond. And, and I know it's hard to say no, you know, when somebody wants to give you money. But the person that gives you money, especially in these early stages, is almost just as important, at least for me, it was than as, as the money, right? The, the 600 grand is cool and it's helpful and it'll get us to where we want to get to. But if I didn't believe that our investors were really bought into what we're doing, I wouldn't have done it. I genuinely would have walked away and said, I'm not doing this deal. We'll, bo- we'll bootstrap it and get to where we want to get to eventually. And so I love that. just not being willing to just take whatever comes and really putting effort in and not playing the games. I think, I think most venture capitalists would agree with me, even though they sometimes play it. If they can have a founder come to them and just be real and just say, this is what I'm working on. This is some of my shortcomings. Like I went to them and in the first conversation, I said, hey, I'm going to level with you. There's 20% of this business that I don't know how to run. I've never ran a SaaS company. I haven't. I've run a lot of other businesses and had a lot of other employees. And so I have some of the skill sets that I think we'll, I'll need to get there. But there are some that I am genuinely missing. And so I will come to you and I will ask for help and I will build an advisory board around me that hopefully can help support that. And so just being real and honest and, and wanting to find the right partner. And I know this is a unique time for fundraising. People are struggling with it and, and everyone wants to just take what they can get. But I'm confident in, that in the long run, it will, it will come out better if you have the right team behind you than if you just have a team behind you. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And Adam, at this stage of your business, do you have a favorite number or metric that you're focused on that helps you guide the business? Yeah, so, so at this stage, number is tough, right? Because we don't, have, we don't have revenue, we don't have onboarded customers. And so it's a little bit tricky. So that number will change a little bit. But the way that I measure our success right now is based on the responses of our potential clients. So I'm constantly interviewing our potential clients. We have a list already built that have said, hey, I want to work with you. I want to, I want to use Pest IQ when you're ready for us to use you. And so I'm constantly asking them questions. And at the end of all of those conversations, I literally got out of one right before you and I jumped on. The last question I asked was, do you still want to use our product and tell me, tell me the truth, please. Do you want to use our product? And if you say no, I'm going to go change it and I'm going to work to help be the, help this be something that you really want to use. And I know there's a little bit of a hesitancy to just adjust and flip flop. And that's not what I'm saying at all, but there are features and things that we can do to help entice and help keep this focused on our customer. Cause at the end of the day, that is all that matters. The revenue the traction, the growth, all those things will come if I create something that my clients really want and really will continue to use. 
Yeah, I appreciate that that insight, Adam. And, and as we wrap up here, what's coming up next for Pest IQ? I know a lot, a lot of excitement coming out, but what are you really focused on coming up you know, over the next couple months? Man, onboard, onboard, onboard. So we, we and there's a lot of validation and testing in that. We're not one that will just say, "Hey, throw it to the wind," and we're going to onboard 200 customers. So when I say onboard, I really mean get these few clients in, get them using it, get the data really correct and accurate. I've always said to my team, they'll probably um, hate that I'm saying it again, but our if if we don't provide accurate data every time, we are failing. We will fail, and people will leave us. And so. A big part of this onboarding right now is getting them on board, yes, but making sure that they're really on board, like mentally, emotionally, physically, that they're using it and that they're finding value in what we do. So the next two to three months for me is, is really vital in that, making sure that we have a product that will continue to go to market and that people will, will be willing to share with their friends and coworkers and carry us to that level of success that we want. I love it. Adam, really appreciate you sharing your experiences. I, I love the story. And if, if listeners would like to learn more about Pest IQ, where should we send them online? Absolutely. So our site is getpestiq.com and they can email, they can text into us, they can phone call any way that they, they would like to or we're easily reachable and you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Perfect. All right. If you'd like to learn more about Adam and what they're doing, check out getpestiq.com. And Adam, again, thanks for your time and sharing your experiences. Hey, no problem at all. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it.